Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And, of course, all of our programming is available in podcasts, and that's at thetrumpet.com, kpcg.fm, or wherever you like to find your podcasts. Well, what does the Bible mean when it mentions a fire that shall never be quenched? That's quite an interesting expression. A fire that shall never be quenched. It's mentioned in terms of punishment. What does that mean? Is there a fire that is burning now and it will just keep burning and it's always been burning? What does the Bible mean when it talks about a fire that shall never be quenched? Well, that's what people often assume. They say, well, it's probably just a fire that's always burned and will continue to burn. But that's actually a false assumption. Let's see what the Bible means when it talks about a fire that will never be quenched. And, of course, this ties into God's plan for mankind and what he's doing, and and there's a lot of misunderstanding about that. Notice this uh, passage here in Matthew 3. We've got a few passages today. So if you have a Bible handy, uh, please get it out. We'll take a look at these together. And we'll start here by seeing what uh, John the Baptist wrote. This is in Matthew 3 and verses 12 and 13. And John says and writes, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Verse 12 says, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And John the Baptist here is prophesying about Jesus Christ, the first coming of Jesus Christ, and he's also then talking about what Christ will do at his second coming. But he says that Christ will burn up the chaff or those who refuse to obey God, with unquenchable fire. And now, just as an aside, it's interesting how people can think that Christ did away with God's law, but then how would that be? How would that be possible? Because here he says, John the Baptist says, talking about Christ, that in fact Christ will burn up those who refuse to obey God's law. So, of course, we can see God's law is vitally important and is still in effect. And, of course, Christ did not do away with God's law. But what he did was he paid the death penalty for those who do repent and then begin to obey God's law. But that law of God is always in effect. There is a penalty for disobeying it. And for those who just will never repent, ultimately they do go into what is called this unquenchable fire. Christ himself spoke of this. Notice Mark 9 And we'll look at a few uh, verses here, Mark 9, verses 43 through 48. And Christ says, And if your hand offend you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, 
into the fire that never shall be quenched. There's that expression again. Verse 44 says, Where their worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot offend you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched. And verse 46, Where their worm die not, and the fire is not quenched. Verse 47 if your eye offend you, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. So here, again, Christ is mentioning this, fire that shall not be quenched. And the Greek word for hell here in these passages is Gehenna, which is a type of fire. It's a type of that fire that burned in the valley of Hinnom just outside of Jerusalem there. But Christ mentions this expression, a fire that shall never be quenched. The Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course, which is a free correspondence course at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for that if you have not already. It it mentions uh, about these verses and says, Jesus repeated this statement five times for emphasis. Five times. And of course, Christ was talking about repenting of sin and working hard to get it out of our lives. We are not to uh, literally cut off our hands and feet and eyes and such, but the point is, do what it takes to conquer sin. It's better to get rid of the sin, because ultimately, if we don't repent of it, then, uh, as it says here, we're going to be in that fire that shall not be quenched. The Correspondence Course says that people have carelessly assumed the fire... Uh, that shall never be quenched, is a fire of torture which has been in existence for centuries and will continue to exist for eternity. I'll read that again just so we, we really understand that. People carelessly have assumed that the fire that shall never be quenched is a fire of torture which has been in existence for centuries and will continue to exist for eternity. Now, that would be easy to assume, but that's not what the Bible means. That's not what the Bible's talking about. The idea of a continually burning Gehenna fire is a false idea. It's a false assumption. And we can look at a few Bible passages to uh, make the point here that there are fires that have been started, that have been said to be unquenchable or eternal fires, and they're not going today. And we'll see what the Bible means when it mentions those fires. There are other earlier examples, again, of the Bible, in the Bible, of fires that wouldn't be quenched. And so this history is important. Let's notice Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17, and we'll look at verse 27. It says, But if you will not hearken unto me to hallow the Sabbath day, and not to bear a burden, even entering in at the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, Then will I kindle a fire in the gates thereof, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem, and it shall not be quenched. So here again, we're talking about an unquenchable fire, and God's giving this warning through the prophet Jeremiah that if people didn't stop breaking the Sabbath day, there would be destruction. And this prophecy was given about 2,600 years ago. And notice this from the correspondence course. It says, This fire occurred a few years later, 
and it destroyed all the houses of Jerusalem. You can read about that in Jeremiah 52 and verse 13. So the people didn't hearken unto the words of Jeremiah, which is often the case. People rarely listen to God's prophets. And uh, because they did not listen, and they kept breaking the Sabbath day, they were punished because of it. The quote continues, Since God said this fire shall not be quenched, and since it is not burning today, it obviously went out by itself after devouring all combustible material. And that fire that was prophesied here in Jeremiah was started by Nebuzaradan. He was the captain of the guard for King Nebuchadnezzar. The Bible sometimes refers to him as Nebuchadrezzar, but uh, Nebuchadnezzar is the uh, same individual. It's just a different rendering at times. So that fire was started by Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard for King Nebuchadnezzar. And as the correspondence course points out, it went out after it devoured all combustible material. I think we understand how fire works, at least on a certain basic level. It burns until it has nothing else to burn. But the destruction was complete. The fire had burned everything that was burnable, that was uh, flammable. There's another example we can look at when we look at what the Bible means by an unquenchable fire, and that's the example of Sodom and Gomorrah, very famous example, something that should be thought about more and talked about more today, especially in society, because as Christ warned, if we live like Sodom and Gomorrah, then there's going to be it's destruction like Sodom and Gomorrah, and he said it would be like Sodom and Gomorrah before his return. But notice what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sins, because they wouldn't repent. Genesis 19 and verse 24. Genesis 19 and verse 24. It says, Then the Eternal rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Eternal out of heaven. So if you read Christ's account of this event in Luke 17 and verse 29, you see that Christ says that the fire destroyed them all. It destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, all of the inhabitants and those cities. And, of course, God rained down literal fire upon those cities. And it destroyed the cities and the inhabitants. So it was quite a amazing, miraculous event. And God destroyed that sin. He burned it up, and he burned up the inhabitants of that land. And he did it so that he could stop that sin. And that the sins wouldn't keep spreading out to other areas. Also, he... Uh, stop those people so that he could resurrect them and give them a chance to change their ways later. So it was a very merciful thing that was done also. But it was total destruction because of sin. Notice Jude 7 referring to the same event. Jude 7. It says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, so it's no mystery as to why the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed along with their cities because they were giving themselves over to fornication, to adultery, all kinds of sexual perversions. It says, In going after strange flesh, they're set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So they're set forth as an example. And again, that's why it's important just in general to even consider that example. Because... They were doing what? Well, they were giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, 
and because of it, they were destroyed. They were they suffered, as it says, the vengeance of eternal fire. So eternal fire, a fire that shall never be quenched. You know, the similar similar statements here, and we have to understand what these mean. It says, uh, so if you go and you look at the location of Sodom and Gomorrah, as far as most people um, believe, it's located in the area of the Dead Sea. You can go view that area roughly today. It's uh, very hot there. It's very dry. Uh, there's been a few Trumpet Daily programs filmed there over the years. I think those are still at thetrumpet.com. But there's no fire there. Right, but it said it was the vengeance of eternal fire. Well, there's no fire there anymore. We need to understand why that's the case. Why? Why is it that when the Bible says a fire that shall never be quenched, it doesn't mean that it'll be there going and going and going forever? Why is that? Well, let's look at something here in Proverbs 26 and verse 20. Proverbs 26 and verse 20. Here's a here's a really a basic uh truth that I think we all know, even just from physical observation. Proverbs 26 and verse 20, it says, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So if you've ever built a campfire or uh, burned some brush or something, you know that the fire will go really well until you run out of things to burn. And the fire burns itself out if you don't stop it beforehand. If you don't put some water on it, if you don't quench the fire, if it's a fire that is not quenched, it will burn until it runs out of things to burn. And that's what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Fire came and burned it and destroyed it. Now, why is it called eternal fire? Notice the correspondence course says the expression eternal fire that we just read about in Jude 7 means a fire whose results are permanent or everlasting. It's not a fire that burns forever. It's not a fire that burns forever, but the results of it, the results of it are permanent and everlasting. Sodom and Gomorrah, it says, were utterly destroyed centuries ago. They are not burning today. And again, if you go over there and you take a look, you'll see that they are not there. <laughs> they are They are gone. And uh, that's absolutely what uh, happened. God destroyed them because of their sins. They're destroyed completely. It says these scriptures prove the fire that shall never be quenched will not torment people forever. See, that's a false idea, the idea of a eternally burning hellfire, as people would view it. That's not uh, the case. It says the fires were never quenched or put out prematurely by anyone. The flames merely died out when they had nothing more to consume. Even so it will be with the final Gehenna fire that will consume the wicked. It will be unquenchable, but it will finally burn itself out. And so that's what we have to understand when it comes to what the Bible means when it talks about an unquenchable fire. It'll burn itself out. There'll be nothing to burn. And then it's over with. But completely destroys. And so for those people who, and again, hopefully it's very few, but those who refuse to obey God, refuse to repent, they just won't listen. Even when their minds are open to the truth, they see that it's right, they see that it's the way to go, and they still don't want to go that direction. 
Well, there's nothing more that God can do with them except put them out of their misery, just like he had to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and put them out of their misery. Now, they will have a chance, of course. Christ talked about that. But for people that just refuse, just absolutely refuse to obey God, the end is being burnt in the lake of fire that the Bible talks about. But that fire then burns itself out and it takes the sin with it. And it takes, takes away that evil and that wickedness and those people that practice it. And so it's important to really understand the truth about what God's going to do with those who won't repent. Now, most people will, and they have an incredible potential, a wonderful potential. And we have a book on that, The Incredible Human Potential, at thetrumpet.com. Please uh, request that, and it shows that God is expanding his family. He wants to bring all of mankind into his family. But for those very few who will not repent, there is an end. And even that's merciful because it puts an end to the sin and it puts an end to the suffering that results from that sin. But we do have to understand what the Bible means when it talks about this fire that shall never be quenched. It will burn and it will burn until it burns up everything that can be burned. When the physical things that are to be burned are gone. As Proverbs 26 and verse 20 says, where no wood is, the fire goes out. The fire won't be prematurely quenched, but it will burn itself out. That's what the Bible means when it talks about a fire that shall not be quenched. So hopefully that makes it more clear to you. There's a lot more information about God's plan for man and what he's doing and and uh, what these different words and expressions mean in the Bible. And uh, that's in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. Please sign up for that if you don't have it. And it's a free course. And you can sign up for that at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live By Every Word. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.